Jim Harbaugh will be coaching the University of Michigan in 2023. I told you all that I'm going to believe it when I see it, that he's going to the NFL, because these rumors occur every year, it seems. He's back. We're going to talk about that. I also, later in this video, so stay tuned and watch the whole video, please, I will be talking about some early predictions for Michigan football for the 2023 college football season. They're early, they're subject to change, as much as every depth chart and potentially coaching staff in the nation, given the nature of the transfer portal, given the nature of the NFL season about to come to a close here in a few weeks as we are in the playoff season there. And yeah, college football just ended a little little over a week ago. So it's sad to say that 2022 is over. The beautiful season that was 2022 is over, in which Michigan had a 13-1 and record. They even surpassed their 12-2 and record in 2021. But 2023 is upon us. The preseason is, which means let's dive into all the theory, all the possibilities of what 2023 can bring us from a college football perspective, a Big Ten, SEC, Pac-12, ACC, Big 12, Group of Five perspective, and from a Michigan football perspective, which is what we will be discussing today is all about the University of Michigan. Jim Harbaugh, let's talk about him for a little bit and not even get into the, the news of him returning, like, and just the theories about his contract, why Jim Harbaugh should get a new contract, all those different things. Let's talk about his tenure at Michigan for just a few minutes. Came on to the college football world, went 10-3, and three, nearly finished top 10 in 2015, a loss on the road to Utah, a close loss at home to Michigan State, and a blowout loss to Ohio State at home, all capped off with a Citrus Bowl win against the SEC East champions in the Florida Gators. 2015 Michigan was a success. Things looked bright. Many people before the 2015 season, before Harbaugh even coached a single game, they had him listed as one of the nation's best head coaches. People called him an elite head coach like that of Nick Saban. In 2015, there's all kinds of reasons to believe the hype. As he turned around a 5-7 and seven team, albeit one that had plenty of talent, but was very disorganized and undisciplined, into a disciplined, defensively focused team. A true Big Ten team, a team that looked like the good Michigan football teams of old at the time. In 2016, Michigan started out 9-0, looked like a potential college football playoff lock, and things happened in Kinnick Stadium. Wilton Spate got injured, wasn't the same for the rest of the year, a heartbreaking loss in Columbus, and an Orange Bowl loss to a Florida State team that overall under Jimbo Fisher was on the decline. And then 2017 was the real letdown. 2018 had us all fooled. After a 10-win streak, after a season-opening loss on the road to Notre Dame, which all of that culminated in a blowout loss to OSU in Columbus, 
and a blowout loss against Florida in the Peach Bowl. 2019, Michigan, for the first time, was picked by the media to win the Big Ten. They finished 9-4, and and we all know how much of a disaster that year was. 2020, the year after, was even more of a disaster. That might have been Harbaugh's worst coaching staff by far with Josh Gaddis and um, Don Brown the late years on that staff and COVID and the whole mess that was 2020 dented Michigan with that 2-4 and four record. Who would have thought after that 2-4 and four season that Jim Harbaugh would have won the Big Ten twice in a row, would have went to the college football playoff two times in a row, and he would have had 12 or more win seasons two times in a row? The answer is no one. No one. There were, there were no reasons to pick that. None. And I know the Fiesta Bowl loss this year was disappointing. The Orange Bowl loss last year was disappointing. But let me tell you something. No one even predicted Michigan to be in the position in those two years to even make it to a playoff game. No one. In uh, 2021, like in the middle of the 2021 season, I was already previewing, like doing a little bit of my thoughts for 2022. And I actually had Michigan finishing second in the East. And I had them as a team that even though I was expecting Michigan in 2021 to lose to Ohio State, I thought the 2022 team could have some real juice and maybe be a, a flash in the pan of greatness under Jim Harbaugh. But instead, what 2022 was, truthfully, was consistency. It showed that 2021 was not a fluke, that Jim Harbaugh can win the Big Ten, that he can beat Ohio State and Michigan State, and that he can do it on a consistent basis. And this was the first year where he had, you know, he was 2-1 and one against top 10 teams, wins against Penn State, Ohio State, lost to TCU. Uh, he finished in the top three two years in a row. And this was all after the disaster that was 2020. You do not see these coaching turnarounds very often. The only other example I could point to would be Dabo Swinney. He went 6-7 and seven a few years into his Clemson stretch. The AD at the time considered firing him. And if they did, Clemson would have never had the two national titles and several playoff appearances they had since that 6-7 and seven season for Clemson, which I think think was in 2009 or 2010 I do believe was that, that six and seven year I forget exactly when that was if there's any Clemson fans or people who know exactly what year that is please tell me down below but Jim Harbaugh absolutely deserves a new contract Harbaugh's buyout has to be substantially raised so the yearly NFL rumors can be shut down for good because I've heard it on Rico and Valenti's podcast on 97 won the ticket. I've heard it from Josh Pate on YouTube, and that's kind of a local and national source. The yearly NFL rumors will hurt Michigan in recruiting more than the NI more than the NIL stuff, which by the way is being fixed. It it is being fixed. This is the problem. This is the crux of many recruiting issues, I've come to believe, is Harbaugh's job stability. Because Michigan's winning. 
I mean, Michigan, for all intents and purposes, has is proved in the past two years has been the better program than Ohio State. They've certainly been the more efficient program than Ohio State. Heck, they've even been better than they've been they've been better than Bama over the past two seasons. I know Bama won a playoff game in 2021, but they finished 13 and two that year. And Alabama went 11 and two this year. And this year's Alabama team, I don't care how good they looked in that Sugar Bowl. For most of the season, they looked lethargic. Like the Sugar Bowl performance they had was that was a flash in the pan for that Alabama team. That was, in a certain sense, I only say it isn't because it's Saban and Saban knows how to game plan. But if Saban wasn't the head coach of that Alabama team, I would say that that performance in the Sugar Bowl was a fluke. Michigan's been a top four program, if not higher than that, over the past two seasons. The only team, of course, better and more consistent at the highest level would be Georgia, who's been the only team over the past two seasons to have won the national title. So I digress. And yet Michigan football recruiting is at its lowest point it has been since the 2018 recruiting class, which would have been the 2017 season. And I I attribute a lot of that to his NFL rumors and to a lot of people's desire and reporting that he wants to leave Michigan. And a new contract with a larger buyout will close down those rumors for good and prevent other programs from negatively recruiting Michigan. I think his base salary should at least be increased to $9.5 million, which would match Mel Tucker and Ryan Day's salary. He beat them both in 2022. He beat Ryan Day in 2021. He's been more successful than both of those programs and both those head coaches over the past two seasons. He just has. And he ha- his Michigan has more money than Michigan State does. When it compared to Ohio State, I don't exactly know, but you have the resources to give him at least $9.5 million, if not $10 million. Like, heck, why not give him an eight-figure eight salary and add in some extra incentives and give several million to the coaching staff, like extra? Michigan football has proven with the salaries of their coaching staffs and with the talent on board that they're one of the most efficient football teams in the country. They're more efficient than Ohio State over the past two years. They're more efficient than Alabama, more efficient than USC, then Clemson. Ohio State, Bama, Clemson... That used to be the three teams in Tier 1. Used to be. Like, from the stretch of 2015, you could really include 14, for the entirety of the college football playoff era, until 2020, those three teams almost exclusively made up the Tier 1 of college football. And ever since 2020, when Michigan went 2-4, and four, Michigan has been more efficient with the resources they have by far compared to those three teams who have much more talent than Michigan does, whose coaches are paid higher. Only team that's been better is Georgia. So you have to reward consistency and success. And the actions that Jim Harbaugh took after 2020 completely righted the ship. They made up for his sins from 2015 to 2020, as far as I'm concerned. In 2020, in 2019, in 17, and the brutal losses in 2018 were 
abysmal. They were cardinal sins in and of themselves. He has to be rewarded. In the same way he was punished for his failures in 2020, for example, when they cut his salary, you have to reward success. You have to reward the comeback and the redemption. You have to. He has a 25-3 record. A 25-3 record since the beginning of 2021. He's had nearly two Heisman finalists. Aiden Hutchinson in 2021, Blake Corum, only because of injury, missed the, the ceremony in 2022. Won the Big Ten twice. Was tied for first in the East Division in 2021. Outright won the East Division in 2022. Finished top three in both years. Overcame being a road underdog in Columbus by more, by I think around more than a touchdown or so. And beat Ohio State for the first time in Columbus since 2000. Rich Rod, Hoke never achieved that. Lloyd Carr didn't achieve that after the 2000 season. I mean, it really is phenomenal what he has done over the past two-year stretch. The only thing lacking is a playoff win. That's it. That's absolutely it. And let me tell you about a legendary head coach who failed to win a playoff game. His, like outside of one year in 2014. Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer, lost it in two thousand. Lost in two thousand sixteen. All the other years at Ohio State, seventeen, eighteen, fifteen, didn't make the playoff. Thirteen blew it in the Big Ten title game. Twelve was sanctions. Fourteen was the one year, the one year he won a playoff game, out of the two that he made it, and he won. That's it. He didn't even make the playoff two years in a row. So I understand the criticism. I, I understand it. And I'm not comparing Urban Meyer to Jim Harbaugh. Urban Meyer is undefeated against him. Urban Meyer's won three national titles. He'll probably forever be a better college head coach than Jim Harbaugh will. What I'm just saying is I'm putting things in perspective. No Big Ten team ever, except for 2019 to 2020, Ohio State, has made the college football playoff in back-to-back -back years. None, except for Ohio State in 2019 and 2020. So you have to reward success. You just have to. It'll appeal to recruits. It'll appear to coaches around the country when our staff inevitably has some turnover because that's what happens at great programs. At great programs, you have assistants who are desired by other programs, either as head coaches, as coordinators, as other things, and, and they get hired away. And so having extra resources to the football program, to Jim Harbaugh himself, will it'll help Michigan football in the short run and the long run. So now that we're over with that, let's get into some 2023 predictions. And I am going to link an article talking about why Jim Harbaugh's contract must be made Michigan's priority. It's by clutch points. I'm going to link it down below. You can agree or disagree with it. Just tell me your thoughts on the article in the comments below once you've read it, or at least go and check it out. Now, what I want to do 
is make some predictions for 2023. You can already see them. They're bold. Some of them are. At least the bottom one is. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, But the first one is that running backs Corum and Edwards will each have a 1,000 yards or more and 10 rushing touchdowns or more. All these yards and touchdowns are on the ground. Receiving very much can vary. There will be no doubt Edwards will have more receiving yards than Corum will. He's just built far superior at that position. And J.J. McCarthy will be a top two Big Ten QB. This ties in with the second point. Really, all these points tie together, but it more so ties in with the second point that I think Michigan's scoring offense will be ranked higher than their scoring defense, and it will be an elite and lethal offense. It will be the first time that this has happened in any normal Jim Harbaugh season. And I say normal because in 2020 this happened. The scoring offense was ranked much better than the scoring defense. But that was because the defense was abysmal. The offense was about it was about average, I would say, all things in perspective. If we had a top 10 defense with that 2020 offense, Michigan would have been a top 15 team. The defense was the main reason for failures all year, which was why Don Brown was fired. But let's look at Michigan's seasons for offense and defense, scoring-wise, of course. Let's just check it out. So in 2015, Michigan was 49th in scoring offense. They were 6th in scoring defense. They were 11th in scoring offense in 2016. Second, they were second in 2016 on defense. They were 91st on offense scoring in 2017, 13 on defense. 21st on offense in 2018, 16th on defense. 44th in 2019 on offense, 25th in defense. You're seeing the Don Brown slide happen in real time, just no one knew about it until it was too late. In the year of our Lord 2020, when Michigan was 66th, out of 128 teams in scoring offense and 95th, 95th out of 128 teams in scoring defense. In 2021, they were 16th on offense, 8th on defense, and in 2022, they were 6th on offense, 7th in scoring defense. Their scoring offense was the highest on any Jim Harbaugh team at Michigan. It was 0.1 points higher than the 2016 team. Their defense was among one of the best still, statistically, in the Jim Harbaugh era. And actually, they're, you know, looking at this, 6th on offense, 7th on defense. They were ahead in scoring offense in 2022, but... I think that it will be more apparent and more consistent that 2023 Michigan will be a more offensively focused team than defensively focused team. For much of this year, Michigan's offense looked lethargic at times, and it really seemed to be the defense that was the success of this team. I know that TCU blew up that defense in the Fiesta Bowl, but that was the same defense that shut down an Ohio State offense that scored 41 on Georgia shut down a Penn State offense that was top 20 at the end of the year. And listen, it was a great defense. It was a defense that when it came to a scoring defense and points allowed perspective was superior to the 2021 unit. 
in the same way, but to a less degree, that the 2022 offense was much more efficient and scored more points compared to the 2021 counterpart. I don't think that Michigan statistically will improve on both sides of the ball, at least not completely. I think that Michigan's secondary overall will improve, the linebacker room will improve, but losing Mozzie Smith at defensive tackle and losing Mike Morris, that, that's going to be very hard to replace. So I don't anticipate the scoring defense getting much better than it is. If anything, since trench play and D-line play are so important for Michigan, and that always seems to be where if the D-line for Michigan fails, the defense very often can fail in Harbaugh teams, I do actually expect the scoring defense to regress. But the scoring offense, let me tell you something. This scoring offense is going to be terrifying. I do not know what team will be able to stop this offense. I don't. J.J. McCarthy will be the starting QB. After having a season where he was unanimously a top 20 QB nationally and consensually a top 15 quarterback nationally. Blake Corum was a top three running back. He'll be returning for 2023 as, I think, almost unanimously the nation's number one running back. Donovan Edwards is arguably a top 10 running back as it is. Behind them will be C.J. Stokes, Tavier Dunlap, Isaiah Gash, and incoming freshman Cole Cabana and Benjamin Hall. And that right there, for quarterback, for running back, that's that's dangerous as it is already right there. I think that McCarthy is a top two QB in the Big Ten, as I've already stated. And I've already made a video talking about how Coram and Edwards might be the number one and number two running backs in the nation. So you already have elite level of talent at those positions. And when it comes to quarterback, there's a potential of elite on-field performance. And for J.J. McCarthy to take the next step from being a good slash great QB to being an elite QB. Coram and Edwards are undisputedly already elite running backs. At wide receiver, Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, and A.J. Henning look to be the primary three. Darius Clemens, Tyler Morris, Amorian Walker, and Christian Dixon look to be some of the backups. This unit might potentially regress, at least in overall depth and talent compared to 2022. But Roman Wilson, he is the man and will be the man at wide receiver. Very talented athlete definitely has NFL potential. Same with Cornelius Johnson there, which is a big, that right there is huge in returning. Cornelius Johnson being Michigan, one of Michigan's better wide receivers this past season. Feels weird to say that. And in the Ohio State game, he really showed himself as a great deep threat. At tight end, you have Colston Loveland and A.J. Barner. Colston Loveland showed flashes of greatness as a true freshman. A.J. Barner showed similar potential at Indiana with a much worse supporting cast. At offensive tackle, Ladarius Henderson and Carson Barnhart look to start, with Trente Jones, Jeff Persay, and Miles Hinton looking to back them up. 
in the interior O-line. Zach Zinter and Trevor Keegan both return. Drake Nugent will replace Olu Aluatimi at center. Raheem Anderson, Giovanni Elhadi, and Reese Attenberry look to back up at those positions. I mean, that right there, Michigan once again might have a Joe Moore O-line. They might have one of the best tight end rooms in the nation. One of the best, definitely, not even one of, for sure, the best running back room in the nation. And one of the better QB rooms in the nation. And an underrated wide receiver room. This offense will be deadly. It'll be the best offense, in my opinion. This is a prediction of mine. And this prediction of mine, I don't think, will change. It'll be the best offense in the Jim Harbaugh era at Michigan, by far. You will see great strides in this offense, regardless of play calling compared to last year. J.J. McCarthy will be a second-year starter. Corman Edwards will be back. The tight end room will probably have less injuries to it. The O-line is practically reloading. It'll probably be better at the guard position, worse at the center position, and probably the same or better at the tackle position. So this team is, look, it's full of weapons. The coaching on the offensive line with Sharon Moore has been phenomenal. The play calling by Sharon Moore and Matt Weiss has been questionable at times, but as long as it stays the same or and or gets better, I do not see this unit coming close to regressing at all. That's that. J.J. McCarthy will probably be a top 10 QB nationally. Minimum, I'd say top 15. Corman Edwards are both top 10 running backs unanimously. Michigan's tight end room might be top 10. Their O-line might be number one, number two in that range once more. Wide receivers, the biggest question mark here. And with Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson returning, I have a lot of confidence there. The defense, which I think I'll discuss in a later video for sure, is where there are more question marks around because the losses of Mozzie Smith, Mike Morris, DJ Turner, Michigan returns so much. It's unbelievable. And that leads me to a prediction of mine. The University of Michigan, and I'm not going to provide much to this because it's very, very early. This opinion is subject to change. I don't want to put too much meat on it. Because there's still spring practice, the portal still exists, there are guys that we might think be key to Michigan's success, to Ohio State's success, to Georgia's success, who could transfer out, or who could be injured in practice, and all these other factors. So this opinion is subject to change. But I think Michigan will win their first national title of the 21st century, and probably their only. Because seeing where recruiting is going, and the overall talent of this roster, is after 2023, unless things change, it'll probably slowly decrease, especially with Ohio State and Penn State now, both consistently out-recruiting Michigan. The recruiting gap between Ohio State and Michigan has actually only grown since 2020. It has not closed, which just goes to show the development and the staff changes Not recruiting are really what is behind Michigan's success in the Big Ten. But from a national level, you do have to have talent. 
And with Corum and Edwards, McCarthy, Wilson, uh, Johnson, all those skill players, Loveland, Barner included there on the same team. And that O-line, many of which will you have, you know, returning starters in Trente Jones, in Keegan and Zinter. Drake Nugent was a starting center at Stanford. This team is primed to have success. And one of my early predictions is that they will win it all. They will win it all in 2023. Again, opinion is subject to change. And with that, please leave a subscription if you haven't already. Like this video. Comment your thoughts on my predictions for 2023 and what you think about Jim Harbaugh's contract down below. Thank you for watching, and I will see you guys around. Thank you for watching, and please subscribe to the channel. I have to say that once again because we will be doing a giveaway at 10,000 subscribers. Thank you for watching. I'll see you guys around. Bye.